Welcome to the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Hello there and welcome to the Cannabis 101 podcast, episode 28, where it's not just about getting high, it's about getting healthy. My name is Dean Millard. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast. Uh, Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on when it is you are listening to this. Great show today. Ian Scott from Plant Life Cannabis is our featured guest, and we will have a Plant Life Cannabis prize pack to give away and we'll give you the details after the interview with Ian. Uh, it's a, it's a great discussion about what plant life has going on and the number of uh, retail stores they have, but also Ian was just in Vegas for the MJ biz conference and the contrast between Canada and the United States, uh, is amazing as you will hear this week on cannabis news features, David Wiley from Okanaganz.com slash OZ. He's back. We're going to talk gift ideas and a bust on uh, native land in BC to chat about. And in What's That Strain, Chris Ionson, our educator from Nova Cannabis, Jasper Ave, we're chatting Charlotte's Web today as part of our 12 Strains of Christmas series. You'll hear more about that as we go. But right now, we got to find out what's your groove. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Weed is awesome. This is great. This is the bee's knees. So with what's your groove, what I mean by that is what are you grooving with as you listen to this show? If indeed you are, Um, if you're driving to work, probably not a good idea. No, not probably. It's not a good idea. Definitely for sure. Um, but if you're sitting at home, relaxing on the couch, maybe you have a joint, maybe you've got a bong, a pipe, maybe you've had some edibles, anything. I want to know what you're grooving with. Uh, I'm going with uh, a flicker sticks pre-roll from trailblazer winding down the night. So I want to calm down after this gets posted. I'm pretty much heading to bed. So this will be a nice way to wrap myself into the blankets and go to sleep. It also has one of my favorite terpenes, karyophyllene. So it has a nice peppery, spicy taste. So I'm going to fire up this pre-roll, which I'm getting more and more into. There we go. I just, uh, I'm, I'm just so in love with uh, karyophyllene. I love the little bit of spice. I like a little bit of spice in my cigars as well. Uh, so uh, looking forward to this. Um, it's, a, it's a nice pre-roll product at a good price. And they have a lot of uh, different uh, varieties. And one of the reasons I went with this is it's recommended to me by Lobo Genetics. You can get one of their DNA kits 50% off when you use the promo code CANNABIS101. All one word. CANNABIS101. Use that promo code at lobogene.com. 
and get one of their DNA kits for 50% off. It's like having your own bud tender. You do the swabs, you send in the kit, you check out your information. It tells you how to uh, how you metabolize uh, cannabis and, and THC, etc. Uh, it basically tells you, you know, what risks uh, cannabis may pose you, and more importantly, what strains are good for you. You want to be happy? Here's a strain. Here's a list of strains. In fact, for me, I'm going to be sleepy a little bit later on, so I put put in sleepy. It brings up this, boom, it's wonderful. So there you go, uh, Lobo Genetics DNA kit. You can get 50% off uh, with the promo code CANNABIS101 at lobogene.com and get your very own Bud Tender. And the Cannabis Character Cup is continuing. We're in the final of the Cannabis Character Cup. Can you believe this? Two heavyweights are going at it to determine who is the greatest cannabis character of all time. You mind if I do it, Jay? Why not? That's what I'm doing. That's the dude ranked number three out of 64. He took out Pedro Topakis, the number two seed, obviously played by Cheech Marin. And now the dude takes on the number one seed, the man, Tommy Chong from Up in Smoke. The grandfather of ganja. You can vote right now at the Cannabis 101. And you can check out the entire bracket and see all 64 matches. We'll pay tribute to Pedro DePakis a little bit later on in the show. But it's the final match. It's going for a week. The man versus the dude in the final of the Cannabis Character Cup. Check it out at the Cannabis 101. This is the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Our cannabis question on this episode is kind of what we, well, exactly what we asked last week. What do you want for Canna Christmas? What do you want to see under the tree December 25th? In some provinces, as you'll hear on this week in uh, Cannabis News, there could be edibles. Not in Alberta, it doesn't sound like. But there's a lot of other cool things out there. Uh, I don't care. I, I, you know what I would love? I would love a, a bag full of Smojo screens. Uh, they're such great screens. I, I'd love to get a volcano, but I know I'm not. Anything cannabis related. I don't care whether it's papers, uh, those uh, joint rings. Joint, so, you, you know, there's so many candles. Uh, I don't care. Anything cannabis related, I would love in my stocking. Smojo screens are pretty cool, though. Uh, I definitely uh, could use those, although they very rarely uh, wear out. Uh, so I don't really need more, but it's always nice to have some uh, clean ones on hand just in case so that's the cannabis question what do you want for can of christmas hit me up on twitter at the cannabis 101 or you can shoot me an email cannabis 101 podcast at gmail.com you can also find us on instagram at the cannabis 101 podcast on facebook at cannabis 101 podcast and check out our website for past episodes 
contests, and more. www.cannabis101podcast.ca. All right, before we get to our interview with Ian Scott, what goes well with, and that's anything that pairs well with cannabis. Uh, this week, I'm going with wrapping presents. How perfect. I'm not good at wrapping. I do not enjoy it. So a little bit of cannabis will help me enjoy it a little bit more. And maybe my wrapping will improve. I don't know. We'll find out this year. I'll keep you posted. So what goes well with, I'm pairing wrapping presents with cannabis. If you want to speed wrap, get a nice high-end sativa. If you want to have a nice relaxing wrap job, uh, go with a nice indica. If you want a great haircut, check out Legendary Barbershop, 117th Street and Jasper Avenue in Edmonton. Ask for Morgan. She's my niece. Uh, she will take care of your hair in a way that nobody else can. You can't smoke cannabis there, but they're fans of cannabis and the Cannabis 101 podcast. So if you need a haircut, you want to talk some cannabis, head to Legendary Barbershop, 117th Street and Jasper Avenue. Ask for Morgan. Okay, we're going to have a Plant Life Prize package for you to win after our interview with Ian Scott, Operations Manager with Plant Life Canada. This is the Cannabis 101 Podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Very happy to welcome into the studios uh, at Podcast Alley in the marsh just outside of Edmonton in St. Albert, a man who knows St. Albert very well because uh, he grew up here. Ian Scott from Plant Life Cannabis is joining me and uh, didn't uh, probably have a whole lot of trouble finding this place, I'd imagine. Not whatsoever. I've uh, I've spent some time in this neighborhood, most definitely. Yeah. I uh, my, my probably my favorite part about living in here is uh, that building. Uh, right there needs us pizza because they know me they know when my wife trish is out of town because i'll walk in and order the same thing they're like you're the only guy that orders us at midnight uh, i think uh, nits is definitely an institution way back in my high school days we, yeah. de we definitely spent some time there still know the number off by heart so there we it go tells you how much uh nits is pizza I've, I've had in my life all right uh so ian um let's let's chat a little bit about uh plant life cannabis and to get there we have to find out how plant life cannabis came about so before uh, you were in the cannabis industry you were in food and beverage so tell us the story of you know what you were doing and how it led to plant life cannabis uh yeah absolutely um for anybody who doesn't know uh, plant life cannabis is uh, a sister company of the canadian brew house uh fairly well known in uh in st albert alberta in general so um a, an alberta company on that side of things um for uh years and years i guess uh um the brew house has been around for uh, quite some time now on that side. Um, we do a little retreat every year and uh, we take all our, our management and we go on a little holiday down to uh, do some work, obviously, but uh, get everybody together. And we've sure. done uh, Vegas a, a bunch down to uh, Chicago for the food and beverage. So uh, a couple of years ago, we went down to Denver. Um, so as we know, uh, cannabis has been legal in Denver for some time. Uh, we knew it was coming in Canada. Uh, so we, we went a little uh, a venture and a foray down there to do a little bit of research looking mm -hmm. back on that side of things. So um, 
traveled, consumed some cannabis, uh, saw some cannabis, kind of what the effects it was going to have on the hospitality industry. Um, had the pleasure of actually sitting down with Pete Coors uh, in the, the Molson Coors building wow. there and, uh, and touch base with them if they had cannabis on their radar. And at that time, it was no. Um, <laughs> looking back, we can kind of tell that maybe it was uh, sure. somewhere on the radar. But uh, at that time, that wasn't uh, public knowledge or anything that was supposed to be talked about. So um, uh, spent some time around there, kind of saw a little bit of the effects of what it might have to the hospitality industry on that side of things. Uh, we were passionate about cannabis. Uh, a lot of um, ha- had con- consumers, I mm-hmm. guess, uh, on that side. Uh, um, sports cannabis go uh, well together. Food cannabis go well together yes. on that side. So um, being uh, being entrepreneurs, being uh, business-minded individuals on that side, I think it was a, a no-brainer for us to kind of step into that, uh, uh, that realm on that side. So um, it's been exciting. Uh, on that, obviously, a lot coming. Uh, food and beverage and retail are, are d- very different in some aspects, but a lot we can take over, and mm-hmm. we, we've learned on that side to uh, make us successful where we are right now. All right, so uh, I want to ask you uh, in a second about the differences or similarities between food and beverage mm-hmm. and cannabis, but first of all, look long-term. Do you ever see a time where we could combine a brew house and uh, a plant life? I'm not saying those particular, but where we could have cannabis and Uh, you know, bars or cafes, things like that. Do you ever see, because they do have that in the United States and you were just there, and we'll talk about that in a second. Do you ever see that happening in Canada? Yes, I guess shorter answer. Yes, absolutely. Um, a, a time frame on that, I mm-hmm. I wouldn't even want to put a number yeah, on no not, a number on that side of things. But um, I, I think anywhere in the cannabis and where we sit right now, we're just scratching the surface of where we're going. Um, so I think there's lots of opportunities. Obviously. Being on the food and beverage sides, it, it lends quite well to us uh, being, I don't want to say pros on that side, but mm-hmm. uh, when we do have that opportunity, I'd love to get in there. Um, you see lots of uh, lots of cooks and lots of things right now, definitely exper- experimenting on the cannabis side. So um, yes, I'd love to say very, yeah. very, very soon, but uh, I think we might be a little ways off before yeah. we, we see that time. But I would love to see it come for sure. Me too. We are, uh, we, we can't get greedy and expect everything to happen right away, but uh, you do anticipate some cool things that can happen. Uh, so uh, operations manager uh, mm-hmm. is your title. Um, how is that different than what you were doing with the brew house? Um, uh, on, uh, on this side, uh, being in the retail industry, um, we're, we're kind of, uh, I don't want to say charting unta- uncharted territory. I think anybody in this cannabis industry right now, it's, uh, uh, not choose your own adventure, but, um, yeah. there, there is really no history, uh, um, to chart where we're going on that side of things. So it, it's been awesome to kind of, uh, um, make our own path, uh, where we want to see ourselves head, uh, where we want to see ourselves grow on that side of things. Um, on the brew house side, uh, um, I'm from, uh, I live actually down in the Calgary area, uh, right now. So I was looking after our Calgary shops down there. So, uh, a little different where, uh, in the, the cannabis side of things, a, a retail store, um, there's significantly less individuals in our, uh, in a bar on a bar, right. bar staff, or even just on a bar shift from time to time. So, um, a lot more moving parts. Uh, the, the pace is definitely uh, quicker on the cannabis side. Uh, I was touch base on where it's like how, how many years in real life is the cannabis industry added on you on on that side for the past year where it seems uh, not dog years one year is yeah. se- seven years in dog years I don't know what that equates to in cannabis years but uh, anybody who's worked in the industry it's kind of just go 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 but uh, I've been an exceptionally fun every day when I go into work I have a smile on my face everybody I be able everybody I talk to in the industry I've met some great individuals that uh, are our coworkers now mm. on that side some friends in the industry on that side and everybody's kind of um, charting their own path, uh, making some, uh, um, 
making hay on that side, I guess, on that. So it's been uh, been very, very exciting. Yeah, and listen, I, you know, we're barely past a year mm-hmm. of uh, legalization. So I think everything is still new and, and rosy. It's kind of hard in, in a way to try to compare it to the food and beverage industry, yeah. which has been around forever. Definitely. Uh, you know, cannabis legalization is only a year and a bit old. But I do find whether it's uh, your store or any other store you go into, people seem to be really engaged and they really want to help. They really want to pass on that information and they really seem like they're enjoying life at work. Absolutely. I think that's one of the um, the greatest things uh, walking into work every day is that the people that we have uh, on the front lines, any store you're working in, working or going into are just passionate. If you hire the right people and you have the right people in those spots, you have a ton of passionate people that are working for you that um, generally care about uh, the plant, uh, care about uh, the stigma about people coming in. A, a ton with people coming mm-hmm. in is the, the education aspect, as anybody you talk to will, will attest to on that side. Um, you see a lot of people that have their preconceived notions of what they're going to expect when they walk into a sure. retailer or by talking to um kind of when they pull the curtain back, who they expect to see uh, working in there. And it's great to have some passionate people, uh, some people that want to remove that stigma um, and uh, and change the dialogue that happens around cannabis right now. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, with, with everything that's happening, um, ridding that stigma of uh, cannabis being something you buy in a back alley in a brown mm-hmm. paper bag uh, with no details about it is, is gone. I'm not saying that doesn't happen anymore. I'd be naive to think that yeah. uh, uh, the black market isn't still in existence, but there is an alternative for people um, either uh, who have never tried cannabis or maybe those boomerang customers that tried mm-hmm. it in high school and want to try it again now. Uh, they can feel like it's a safe environment for them. And, and that's part of what this show is all about is trying to provide as much information for people uh, that a, or have experience with cannabis or B, are looking to have experience with cannabis. And you do have to, um, it, it's it's a much different than, you know, going to the brew house for a beer. You it's know a, mostly yeah. what beer you want to drink. Uh, in this instance, a lot of people I'd imagine are coming in with not no knowledge and that's what the bud tenders, educators are there for. Provide, absolutely. It's not... People are not ed- educated coming in. They just don't possess the knowledge about cannabis. Right. And that's where coming in, being able to, I'm um, on the bud tender role or an associate role. We're the pros is the reality coming in. The average bear walking in the door um, doesn't know much about cannabis. It's green and it mm-hmm. gets you high. That's there's right. A, there's a lot of what people think on that side and aren't really knowing about indica sativa hybrid to delve down and you go into the terpenes and that kind of things. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, it just goes, flies right over their head. But again, it's the education aspect and it's uh the very rewarding part of, of the job in the in the industry as well, being on the front lines and talking to a lot of people coming in where you have people that haven't consumed before legalization. I've talked to people and are just like, yeah, we've started to consume since legalization on that side. And you have people that have been smoking for 40, mm-hmm. 40 plus years and, and people that are just trying it out for the first time. And there's every aspect, every demographic coming through the doors and um, the cannabis consumer and the cannabis people that are consuming are not what the average public would consider consumers or their perception of what consumers would be. Yeah, that uh, pot is for dummies uh, Mm -hmm. argument has gone out the window a long time ago when, you know, Harvard and some of these great universities and institutions are doing studies on the positive effects. Uh, The UFC, uh, BioSteel was just bought by a, you know, like this is starting to really get uh, into mainstream. and, And that's, you know, part of, uh, getting rid of that stigma, 
what do you look for when you're looking to hire somebody? What's, uh, you know, I don't know if there's an ideal plant life uh, kind of employee, but what do you expect out of your employees? I think that's the big, biggest thing when you touch on it. There's no cookie cutter of what, uh, what somebody should look like working in the industry because, um, number one, you have to have passion for, sure. for what we're doing on that side. I, I don't want to say you have to be consumer by any means, but um, I think it definitely lends to if you can tell a story, if you have some passion about um, the product, um, some of the benefits you might obviously uh, can't touch on the wellness side of sure. things, which is, is definitely out there. But um, you have to have some passion uh, as far as uh, um, people coming in the door, because um, in in the cannabis industry right now, we have a, a, a privilege of where we are and working in this industry, but we also have a platform um, that we have to make sure that, again, you go back to erasing the stigma to, to change the dialogue of what people coming through the doors um, perceive cannabis to be, mm-hmm. um, whether people are getting information from their friends, their family, the news or whatever else it is. When somebody comes in an actual retail establishment, um, we humanize what consumption looks like. We humanize what it looks like to being able to talk about the product, being able to um, consume the product and still be a regular yeah. everyday can, constructive citizen, I Make guess, on that side. less scary for people because yeah. fear, you know, the, let's be honest, there are people that are scared about what's going to happen. Very much so. There's a, a for somebody who coming in who hasn't consumed before, who hasn't made a purchase, it, it takes a lot of guts and a lot of uh, moxie to walk through the door. And again, we, we talk about pulling back the curtain. It it takes a lot of guts to walk in the door to, in the first time. And it's something that we have to, um, right from the hop, make them feel comfortable, uh, kind of change the perception of what they're expecting when they walk in. Any retailer you walk in, you might be able to walk into a coffee shop or a uh, a restaurant or whatever mm-hmm. on that side, a subway on that side. And that's a feel that you kind of want, uh, a, a comfortable atmosphere where people are walking in and, and feel comfortable being in there and having a conversation with our, our staff. and. Okay, so yep. you were just recently in Vegas at the MJ Biz uh, Conference. Absolutely. What was that uh, experience like? Uh, this is something that I think I really want to attend because reading a bunch of the stuff about mm-hmm. it uh, got me pretty excited. What was it like? Huge. It, it was. Uh, it, it's big business, like we touched on the the cannabis industry down in the states, uh, in uh, in Las Vegas, the city that never sleeps. Uh, I believe they said there's about thirty thousand attendees. I'm not sure if that was a wow. day or for the whole weekend on that side in the Las Vegas Convention Center, where uh, it was a monster event from CBD products to nutrients to extracts you name it on that side all the way from seed to sale um, on the retail side was represented there um, tons to take in tons of people to talk to on that industry again it's you step back and you kind of watch the people in the industry and uh, from the suits and ties all the way down to the people that are growers on that side some mm-hmm. people that have, have been passionate and growing growing cannabis before it was legal on that side um, it was uh, it was incredible to uh, to walk through I was incredible to see on that side and lots of kind of takeaways and um, some things that transfer over into Canada, some things that uh, unfortunately right. don't um, that are very much uh, on the the U.S. centric, I guess, to, to go on that side. But it was uh, an incredible conference uh, uh, to go see for sure. I've been to Lyft and Co. in uh, Canada up here mm-hmm. and uh, and very Canada, Canada specific on there. Um, but it was incredible to see the the sheer scale down in the States there. Is it give you, you know, I, I'm just trying to picture, uh, you know, vendors set up, you can talk to them with their products and, and gives you, uh, hey, we might want to bring this into our store, 100%. Uh, make some contacts contacts for, for down the road. Uh, how many days is it? Uh, it is three days. Three days. Yeah. You probably need three days to get around all the vendors. Big time. Your, your first day is kind of taking it all in where you, you walk in and then kind of look at the sheer scope of it and uh, um, walk through the whole convention and then 
day two is kind of rooting back again to, to, to visit some people that maybe you touched to on day one or, or some things that might kind of uh, tweak your interest mm-hmm. to go back and spend some time on for sure. So um, it would be like any big expo or any big conference going to a, a wedding conference and you have your cake set up and your DJ and, and all the way down the line, uh, same premises down there where every, every spot had their little booth set up on that side. Some not little, some, sure. some very, very, very big on that side. Um, and uh, yeah, you could touch base. They, they, all of them had their little lounges. You could, talk business with on that side and lots of, uh, lots to take in for sure. What were some of the things that kind of piqued your interest, uh, on the accessory side? Um, you know, we know different growers use different mm-hmm. things where, were there are a couple of things that, uh, I'm always interested in, you know, yeah. things coming out, uh, different products. Uh, I, I want to own them all because they're all so cool. Absolutely. Uh, was there anything that uh, really caught your eye? Um, going down there, obviously, uh, with, uh, 2.0 coming on here very soon uh, up in Canada, a lot of very, um, concentrate specific Mm -hmm. products on that side of things. So, um, tons of batteries, uh, um, everybody has a C cell to different type five, 10 threads coming back here. Um, a lot of very cool, uh, concentrate apparatuses. There's a Dr. Dabber, um, thing for, uh, an electronic kind of, uh, um, setup or electronic rig instead of the. Uh, torch, torch on, yeah. on that side, uh, the Puffco Peak, which has been around up here for some time as well, um, but a lot lending to the the 2.0 side of things. Um, a ton on just uh, um, the Bobvida Integra, um, mm-hmm. which I think lends to the products up here as well, where uh, the feedback is a lot of products are very dry. I think the Bovida and the Tengra, here the Integra packs, uh, lend a lot to the products. We see lots of LPs that are actually including them in their uh, products here sure. right now as well. So. Um, keeping the integrity of your um, cannabis there, uh, the terpenes and whatnot uh, on that side of things. So um, what else? you name it, yeah. a, a ton, I guess, uh, a lot on my radar would definitely be leaning towards the 2.0 kind of products. Um, yeah. So that was kind of a, a lot of things we were looking at on that side. Um, tons of CBD input down there. Um, CBD very much trending, I think, anywhere on that side. Yeah. Uh, um, it's a little more open, a little more wheels off kind of uh, in the in the States down there. So anything from pet CBD to topicals to, to you name it, very much trending towards the a lot of the wellness side of things. So it was uh, it was incredible to see the the CBD um, aspect, I guess, down in the States, uh, like we had touched on as well, going through even just a little mall. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the outlet malls there and the little pop-ups where normally they'd be selling Christmas uh, little ornaments and stuff. They had CBD products up for sale in, wow. a, in an outlet mall on that side. So um, very much part of, I guess, kind of the fabric of the States right now on that side of things. So uh, very very interesting to see and um you see a lot of the the traffic and a lot of the people coming in the doors uh in the retail location and that it's a it's a very talked about uh thing right now on the cbd side and and i think it's only going to grow you know i haven't traveled to the states uh uh since legalization uh in canada or uh the united states to, to now that i think about it uh so you would have uh, seen a very different legalization of cannabis uh, in Nevada than you see in in Canada. Absolutely. What were some of the biggest differences that you notice? Um, a, a lot. Uh, they had a consum- consumption lounge down there. I went to one of the actual... Kind of what uh, we were talking uh, about uh, having uh, here. Absolutely. Yeah. went to a consumption lounge down there uh, at uh, one of the retailers and they had a spot where you could... You could buy a joint and you go in their consumption lounge or you, you could smoke buy, it. you could buy, you could smoke it. Wow. Yeah. Or they sold bong, like you could yeah. pack a bowl in a bong and go 
uh, wow. have a bong hit on that side. It was uh, it was incredible to see on that side, and even just as simple as you could buy a can of CBD and drink the CBD in the consumption lounge. So crazy to see on that side again. Uh, um, that was only one location specific mm-hmm. in Vegas because again in Vegas uh, um, you can't consume outside. Uh, on that oh, side I didn't as well. know that. So, um, it, it is limited as well on that side. So as far as the consumption, uh, and that's pretty much statewide uh they are in or sorry nevada uh, into colorado on that side as well um oh consumption is is very limited on that side too so um everybody's kind of catching up uh, on that side so it's one thing i know anybody if you're down in vegas they will yeah. be talking about being able to consume and being able to consume in so you can't walk the strip smoking a joint no well you shouldn't be well you, yeah. you can but you're probably going to get a ticket or something 100 or, so or something of, worse yeah absolutely so a lot of people are talking about we're building a park even down in Vegas, because right now nobody, not the travelers don't live in Vegas. That's right. If you're going down there, so you're breaking the law, consuming in a hotel room or on the strip or wherever that might be, right? Hmm. Well, I guess that's one difference uh, with us. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you can, in certain areas, yeah. um, you know, as long as you're a certain ways away, you can consume outside. So that's kind of interesting. Um, you mentioned the CBD in a mall. That's, uh, that's mind-blowing to think, you know, and uh, here... Um, you know, and this is a bit of exaggerated, but everything behind lock and key and everything Absolutely. else hidden Vegas, it's like, uh, get your iPhone case and some CBD at the same kiosk almost a hundred percent. Very, I don't want to say normalized on that side, but they, they've normalized it a lot. Where, yeah. Uh, like you said, you can go and get a salt scrub at one yeah. thing and, yeah. and get a, a head scratch at the other and pick up your CBD on that side. So I'm um, very, very interesting to see on that was, that was the first time I've seen it. Um, as accessible, mm-hmm. I guess, on that side for sure. So the regulations are obviously very strict here, especially mm-hmm. uh, with 2.0 coming out. Um, the you know we we have to have plain packaging. There are no uh, gummy bears, so to yep. speak. To, so we'll get into that in a second. But uh, compare that to where you were. Um, um, from what I hear, uh, advertising is fine. Uh, visibility uh, mm-hmm. is fine. Um, yeah. There are bear like gummies like it it just seems in that respect it's like a 180 a hundred percent there's uh i bought cbd toothpicks when i was down there so um there was toothpicks mints to to you name it um actually a little uh cbd pouch almost like uh like school like uh Mm. like chewing tobacco there was just a little pouch of cbd and and a mint and a lemon flavor so you could pop it in your lip on that side um a lot of the formats i guess uh coming lending to, to 2.0 um with uh some of the regulations uh, up in canada um beverages are going to be in two and a half milligram formats all the way up to 10 milligrams right uh going down to the states um the the smallest i saw in an actual beverage format was 100 milligrams wow on that side so a very very heavy dose on that side and would put down quite a few people on a hundred <laughs> on a hundred milligram format yeah. on that. Even the the gummy bear or the gummy bears, uh, um, some of the uh, edible formats on that side. Uh, the smallest you could buy a package in package in was a hundred milligrams. Whoa! So for us being there a couple of days, I'm just like, even if I was to want to consume that, I definitely wouldn't. That's because right. <laughs> I might be hiding in my hotel room for three days yeah. on that side if I was to consume 100 milligrams of uh, of an edible on that side. But uh, very, very different uh, being up in Canada on the two and a half milligrams and the, and the 10 milligrams. Mm-hmm. I think it's very approachable up here. Uh, I think the definitely the 100 milligrams in a beverage is 
aggressive, mm-hmm. I guess, for, for the average person coming in. So uh, who it, might not have any knowledge. Absolutely. And that's where it, you get scary. I, I, I think I always use this, this analogy. Canada has this giant cannabis balloon and uh, places like Colorado and other places where they said, hey, do whatever you want. And then they start taking it away. People get angry. Uh, yeah. If you ever taken a toy away from a child, mm-hmm. you know that you know they're pissed off for for a uh, reason. And so Canada's saying, okay, we're gonna a little bit out here, a little bit out here next yeah. year, year by year, so that they don't have to say you can't do this anymore. I, that that's my kind of philosophy on how Canada is doing it. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's perfect. It just seems to be how they're doing it. Uh, I 100% agree on you, and I, and I I think it makes a lot more sense by going too far and then trying to pull back exactly yeah. like you said, where, um, again, it's, um, you look back and people have their perceptions and how they, we should have done this. We should have done that. Mm. Um, everybody from the government to AGLC to the retailers, everybody's trying to do their best navigating from the, the LP side as well. And, and I think we're doing collectively a great job. You can look back and say that we, we could change some things all the way and, or looking back, we could have changed a bunch of things and, and very much so, but, um, we're, we're one year, just over one year into legalization and, and everybody's still charting their own path, mm-hmm. um, all the way along. Everybody's still learning on that side. And, and I think it's been exciting to see for sure. Okay, so plant life, um, like uh, cannabis, is is mm-hmm. uh, new. Well, when did you guys uh, get into the game? How you know? There's a lot of people. We've heard a lot of stories about you know having store shops that uh, were not open and paying rent. What was the transition like uh, for you guys getting into this? Uh, um, you know, did you find it uh, fairly smooth? Was it uh, tough? What was it like? Um, out of the gates, uh, we, we had our first, uh, shop open up on October 30th. So we were about two weeks behind from nice. actually October 17th yeah. on the, the big, big, big legalization day. So, uh, we opened up our first shop out in Lloydminster. Um, out of our first phase, we had nine shops that we were anticipating opening on that side. Um, kind of, uh, um, the second phase we had looked to open was our, uh, Jager Ridge and Spruce Grove locations right. in Edmonton here. So we had everybody trained getting orders in, in gear, uh, all inspected on that side. And that's when we kind of got held up in the moratorium on that mm-hmm. where I'm um, looking back. That was, uh, everybody was kind of scratching their head and w- without the uncertainty of when you, you heard all the, the fear mongering where it's like, it's going to be 18 months before other, right, yeah. other locations and they're going to release more licenses. So I mean, kind of left in the holding pattern on that side. So we had our, our Spruce Grove and Jaeger location there, Grand Prairie, Fort McMurray, a bunch of other ones. Uh, we were lucky enough to get uh, another two stores open in, uh, uh, February. Uh, so we did get our Feb- or our uh, Jaeger and our Spruce Grove locations rolling in February. Um, since that time, uh, we were the first retailer up in Fort McMurray. So Fort McMurray landed in June. Um, we opened up five stores in eight days in July. Wow. So it was a very, very big execution on our side. I uh, had a great team backing me on that side. So um, not easy by any means, but uh, it was, uh, we were waiting for it on that side. We would have liked to open them up in the December and, and sure. January on that side, but I'm a victim of the circumstances on that. So we were uh, allowed to open up uh, another five uh, on that side. So I um, went down to the Calgary area. We have a handful around the Calgary uh, spots as well. So Cochrane to Airdrie, uh, Chestermere and Oaktoke. So a little bit plain uh, uh, the outside of the Calgary area. Right. Um, so right now we sit at 14. Uh, one of an, a great one as well. We're the only uh, retailer in Wayne right, right now. Oh, no way. And incredible to see uh, the support from the base out there. It has been, yeah. has been very, very, very cool to see on that side and to see the people coming through the doors there is in, in, incredible. 
to, to very much say the least on that side. Um, just had great news when I was down in Vegas. We're, we're officially ready to go in, in Olds. Uh, awesome. So we'll be opening in Olds here uh, a couple days after Christmas, uh, December 27th in Olds. So in the backyard of our friends at Sundial down there. So yep. we're excited to be down in uh, um, in Olds. And then uh, Camrose will be coming here right, right away as well. So most likely kind of looking towards the, the last week of December, first week of January. Um, for Camaro, so that'll bring us up to 16. So uh, I think right now we're sitting about the the fifth biggest retailer in Alberta on that side. So uh, we're excited. We're we're growing on that side, and it's uh, it's exciting times. Oh, that's uh, awesome! Uh, uh, a store in uh, North Saint Albert, and another one uh, mm-hmm. shortly. I was in uh, your store in uh, Saint Albert, and uh, I thought it was uh, brilliant. I I had just renewed my license. I had to yep. get my picture done. Yeah. So I had to send my license away, and I was using my passport, and I had forgotten that at home. And your employee asked us for ID, and I said, oh, I don't even have it. She, you know, rightfully said, she goes, listen, I have to apologize, but I, I you can't yeah. be in the store. And I yeah. thought, wow, that is a person that's doing their job. That that can't be a comfortable thing uh, to have to tell somebody, but it didn't bother me. Rules are rules. Uh, so I thought that was really good. Uh, but maybe give our listeners, uh, what can they expect when they walk into a plant life cannabis store? What's the kind of the 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 motto for you guys what do you guys want to be um education is is number one on our side as far as it goes like i've touched on and i've said numerous times uh, erasing the stigma uh when people are coming in our, our doors as far as what uh cannabis looks like on that side mm-hmm. I, I think bringing uh i'm definitely from our hospitality side of things uh we enjoy the guest experience um how we're making people feel when they're in there i want i want to be out talking to people coming in the doors it's we're not in the business of transactional selling that's uh, right yeah as far as it goes and um, we're, we want people to, to come in and, and come in on order day every Monday and come and see us and pick up what they're looking for. We want to want them to come back and tell us how uh, this recommendation was or what the, what they thought of the new products. And, and we're seeing that. And so where we spend a lot of time, um, spending a lot of time talking to the guests and, and leave, giving them a reason to come back and see us. Uh, the reality is, is there's a lot of retailers out there right now. There's a lot of spots to, to be able to go and, and buy your cannabis. Everybody has the same cannabis mm-hmm. is the reality on that side. So um, we, we want to be known as a, as a place where you, you can come in, you, you leave with a smile on your face. Uh, on that side, I want everybody to leave uh, with the product they want in their hands that's suitable uh, for what they're looking for and, and their needs on that side and, and to come back and see us, I guess. So, yeah. What do you find are some of the, the better selling uh, strains. Um, you know, I, uh, I, the first strain I ever bought legally was Rio Bravo because mm-hmm. I'm a John Wayne fan. So yeah. marketing got me, they nailed it on, on that one. It made yeah. me buy that. My, my, one of my good friends who's a wine sommelier, J Webb in Calgary would be disgusted by me doing that. Of, mm-hmm. uh, but, but you know what, that, that's a strain, uh, Casablanca, some of these strains, they are everywhere. And you mentioned everybody has the same cannabis. Do you find there's one that, uh, is a really, really hot seller, one of the more popular ones? Uh, I, I think anytime there, there's something new released every week, you, okay. al- you always see it go off the shelves pretty quickly uh, on that side. Um, a lot of the people come in are very much THC driven. Sure. Um, where uh, I know I've heard, heard you talk about it before, THC is not always everything on that side. Yeah, and, I, and, I, I, and I the, say it's like uh, buying wine by the alcohol percentage, which uh, nobody would ever do. A hundred percent. You don't walk into the liquor store and no. po- point me in the direction of the Everclear. And <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's, right. that's what I'm looking for on that side. I got a nice dinner uh, tonight. I need uh, some Everclear. A hundred percent. And that's what you see a lot of, um, a lot of people coming in the door. And again, the, the education part is to, to, um, follow up and again, educate people mm-hmm. where if you're buying something off your guy in the back alley before, he's going to tell you it's the best thing you've ever had sure. every time on that side. You really have no idea if it's 
23% or 16% or what it might be on that side. So um, we see high THC move, mm-hmm. moves for sure on that side. Uh, Broken Coast, uh, the Afria guys have been doing a great side on the Broken Coast product is one of the probably yeah, most- Ruxton's awesome. 100%, one of the yeah. most uh, sought after products out there. Um, they just have a Striker that was just released. Okay. There is a Savory that was just released within the last couple of weeks. So a couple new uh, uh, Broken Coast products on the market there. Uh, Whistler has been really popular under the Aurora flag coming out there. Mm-hmm. The Quest products. Um, you name it, there's a, there's always something new to try on that side. And and there's something for everybody, even if it's not necessarily your cup of tea or my cup of tea. When somebody's coming in the door, that's the biggest thing. There There is always a product on the market right. for, for every person, for, for kind of what, what they're seeking. What do you like to do when you consume it is one of the biggest things, right? Or you, we want something that pairs well with what you're doing when you're consuming. Yeah. Are you just kicking the feet up at home on the couch? Are you going to a concert? Are you going to a nice dinner? Are you cooking what it might be? In there? Yeah. And there's always something that pairs well with that. So um, there's you name it, there's something for everybody in that store. There really is. I, I, I do that segment at the start of the show, what pairs well with, because I mm-hmm. like hearing people's ideas, whether it's I'm going for a hike. I'm going to get yeah. uh, uh, a nice, uh, you know, uh, upbeat uh, sativa or, or I'm uh, chilling out at a long day at work. I just want a couch lock. So Absolutely. I get some uh, sunset or something like that from uh, LBS. Uh, one of the things that I think sets you guys apart too is, and, and you know, some uh, retail outlets do have, um, I guess, uh, particular relationships and, and contracts with different LPs. Mm-hmm. You guys are kind of uh, independent in that way. That's correct. We don't, uh, we are not backed by an LP or, or not mm. anything on that side, which is nice where I don't want to say we don't have ulterior motives, but um, we're again, we're, we're charting our own path uh, mm. of where we want to go on that side. And uh, we want the guests coming in the doors dictate what we should have on our shelves is the reality on that side. Right. And, and again, we want to, uh, make sure that they get exactly what they're looking for. Maybe not exactly what they're looking for of this specific LP um, that uh, is, is behind the doors on that side with us. So, um, uh, yeah, we're again we're the the fifth biggest one in Alberta, and we're the only one that is not LP backed or not or not backed on that side. So I, I'm very proud of that on that side. I know the team is as well, and it's been uh, um, it it enables us to kind of navigate our own, our own path for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you guys are, uh, you know, in a very competitive market. Uh, there's lots of different cannabis stores, but do you think the biggest competitor is still the black market uh, for cannabis in, in Canada? And, and, you know, I know they're working really hard and, you know, they want to get rid of the black market, uh, but it just doesn't go away overnight. Just like cannabis doesn't get perfect overnight. You don't get rid of the black market overnight. Uh, absolutely and and legalization is is definitely making steps towards that and we yes. are are eliminating a lot of that for sure um a lot of the consumers we see coming in the doors would not have been in a would not be purchasing from the black market number that's one that's right yeah is, is, is being very honest on they that are side brand and a lot of new consumers are brand new consumers yeah. and that would they're coming in and buying an eighth and it's lasting them a month sure uh, on that side um you, you see a lot um 2.0 and a lot of the um, kind of pricing and things that are happening now. And I guess we're seeing a little bit of a normalization. So um, there are a lot of products coming to market um, that are directly competing with the black market. Yeah. Um, I know in January here, there's ounces coming to market at about 125 bucks. Seriously? On that side. So some very, very much things that are coming wow. coming way down um, as far as... Uh, that's cheaper than some black market places. Very, very much so. And that's that's what's going to be the test on that side to, to see people coming in the doors. And again, yeah, you have the product, you have that price on that side. So um, we're going to see a little more, I guess, aggressive approach on that side from the LPs to, to kind of eliminate that. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it's definitely there. Uh, 
we have the people that are purchasing from the black market that are coming in on, sure. on that side as well. And um, they'll say one thing or the other about the, the legal recreational market, but uh, they're coming in our doors on that side. And we want to make sure that they leave again with the product that they like. And maybe we see them again. That's it, right. It's on our side to get them back in the doors, to give them some education on that side as well. Because if you're meeting somebody in an alley, it's the best. Whatever you're buying is always For the sure. best. Whatever you're buying is always the best. So greatest um, stuff of all time. A hundred percent. Um, so I, I, yeah, I think that's, uh, it's, it's such a situation right now where, you know, you, you're talking with probably all different, uh, types of the industries, uh, big mark, uh, big LPs, small LPs, mm -hmm. lots of different, uh, but everybody's pulling on the same, I like to say hemp rope to, to kind of yeah. get this industry. Listen, you're in food and beverage. Um, yeah. the craft beer industry is kind of going through They're They're, they're getting to that point where craft beer, uh, is not on the same plane as Coors Light or anything like that, but it's getting closer, right? Absolutely. It's got and, its own mark. Yeah, yeah. And, and and at some point they'll be able to be uh, competitive, you know, crazy competitive and cutthroat uh, like the alcohol industry is. Yeah. Cannabis has to get to a point, everybody together, before we all start, you know, going at each other as we're the best, we're the best, we're the best. Let's just get the industry to a certain uh, standard, uh, yeah. kind of. Is that is that the way you look at it? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Everybody, um, you even just go back and, and see the products that were coming to market in during the first month of legalization mm -hmm. and the LPs are getting better at what they're producing on that size. They're better to scale. Uh, we're getting it quicker out of the warehouses to actually yeah. be in the retailers. You're not seeing product that might be sitting on the shelves for a handful of months. So dried out. A hundred percent. Everything is trending the right direction. Everybody is increasing and everybody's getting better at what they're doing because you have a year under your belts to learn right mm -hmm. now um there was the hiccups on legalization sure there's you were going into an unknown as far <laughs> as what what the demand was what the execution was what the actual logistics are on that side as well so um there was tons to learn <laughs> and everybody has uh, on that side and now it's what what did we learn on you look at 2.0 coming down the line it's like what did we learn on legalization 1.0 right. that is going to set 2.0 up to be a little not more successful but a, a little smoother than uh what uh, what 1.0 could have looked like looking back how steep was that learning curve for you going from the industry you were in to this one with all new regulations and you know the, you know i'm sure there's lots of regulations in food and in beverage but these are just different ones how, how uh, steep was that learning curve for you uh very much uh, definitely um lots lots of reading lots to keep up on from the aglc handbook to just ordering products in the doors uh, to trying to order something and not being able to get it to, yeah. to what might be how much stock you have on the shelves on that side. So um, the first handful of months were, were definitely some variables to play on that side of things for sure. So um, uh, it, it was a learning curve all, all the way around and, and everybody was doing it the same way on that side. Yeah. So so on that side, everybody was, <laughs> everybody was riding that wave. Uh, Everybody's learning on the fly. Like you're literally working without a net. In, in your, you're on a, yeah. a tightrope working without a net because one false step and the government is there. You yeah. have to do everything yeah. by the book. As I mentioned yeah. with your employee, yeah. you know, yeah. you don't have the ID. You, you, because the, the ALGC, at least in our neck of the woods, they're out there. They're, and I'm not saying the ALGC wants to do this, but there are a lot of people that want to see cannabis fail. And you Absolutely. can't misstep because it affects the whole industry. 100%. Mm -hmm. there, there's one, one, black eye on yeah. the industry affects the whole industry yeah. right where you go back and that stigma is still there you get you get painted with the same brush mm -hmm. all, all the way around so again it, it's very heavily regulated uh the, all the retailers and everybody's uh um 
uh, I don't want to say above board on that. Um, so everybody's uh, um, very, very cautious sure. of, of what they're doing and very uh, playing by the rules for sure. So Season two, as I like to call it, mm-hmm. uh, is almost here. We all hoped uh, that we could wake up to edibles and drinks and everything under the tree <laughs> and in the stocking and, uh, you know, adults anyway. That's yeah, a, we, we have to be, you know what, there is a social responsibility to season two. Uh, let's start with that uh, for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, social responsibility from the retailer to explain to the consumer and from the consumer to make sure you do not leave this around, mm-hmm. whether our kids or pets or anything like that. Yeah. So a social responsibility, much more like it's, it's, I, I highly doubt a seven-year-old kid is going to grab my hexagon and fire up a bowl, but a seven-year-old kid could very easily grab a chocolate that they have no idea has cannabis in and eat it. So there's a massive social responsibility on retailers, consumers of everybody with season two, isn't there? Absolutely. And, and I think you look at it and a lot of the regulations they set up where um, to make it not as appealing. Uh, I don't not as appealing is not the right word. But mm-hmm. again, where it's not gummy bears. That's it, right. It, it's yeah. not it's not sour soothers or yeah. the traditional right now, the traditional things where we, we consider edibles on that side. So uh, to remove it from that. But again, it's a mass. It is, I think, leading into to. 1.0 as well um with anything you definitely have to be aware to um the responsibility of minors of mm-hmm. of, of people under the age on that side and, and it's something definitely has to be taken into account but especially with 2.0 coming up to the beverages to uh like you said the chocolates a lot more than yeah you just can't leave your beverage in the fridge like you uh, like you're you know you yeah. they might think mm-hmm. uh whatever i'm gonna drink this juice or i don't yeah. know I, it's yeah. you just have to be smarter as opposed to like i said not not that you should leave your cannabis lying around mm-hmm. but if you're if your child fan finds cannabis uh, as opposed to a chocolate well which do you think they're going to consume mm-hmm. it's yeah. it's it's kind of a a no-brainer in, in that regard most definitely i think on any aspect though you, you have to be whether it's a joint or you have to be responsible yeah. yeah you have to be responsible on that side so definitely it, it's it looks a lot more something that they would like than, yeah, than it's a more joint appealing to a, to a child, a hundred percent. But with anything, when you're dealing with cannabis or anything, you you, you owe it um, to to make sure that you're responsible with, with anything to to yeah. make sure it's away, hidden, locked up, wherever yeah. it might and, be on that side. And depending on how comfortable you are talking to your kids uh, about it, you know, I have I have some friends who still still hide it. Uh, and I have other friends who have explained to their kids that this is no different than me having a glass of wine. When you are uh, of a, of an age that's appropriate, you'll be able to make your decision mm-hmm. on this. And this is not for you right now, but this is an adult thing. It's legal. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. And, and there's a whole generation. I, I put the cutoff at about 10 to 12 years old. I think mm-hmm. 14 is a little too high, but mm-hmm. that 10 to 12 range is going to grow up with, with a way less stigma than uh, we did. Absolutely. They, they're not going to know anything different. Right. As it's going to be just like alcohol. It's going to be part of the fabric yeah. of what, what Canada looks like, I yeah. guess on that side. Yeah. Right. And, and again, you go and it's like, is in 10 years time, 15 years time, is there going to be any difference than picking up a joint on your way home before right. you fire up the barbecue or a yeah. six pack of beer on and that And there should side. be no difference now. Uh, absolutely in, in general, and, and, yeah. and we're and we're still a long way from that sure. everything the generations have known everything you've known up until a year and a bit ago is <laughs> yeah. that you, you want to steer clear from cannabis it was free uh, for madness uh, absolutely and, yeah. and the fear 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 and consumption on yeah. that side so um i i get it but uh, down down the line when it becomes normalized it's gonna 
It'll, it'll be a, a lovely time. Yeah, for sure. exactly. It'll be, it'll be so an exciting time. Unfortunately, not before Christmas, but maybe just yeah. after. So uh, save a little money and give somebody a post Christmas present. Absolutely. What has you excited about season two? Um, wh- what are you most excited about specifically? Uh, I'm excited for uh, the vape pens for sure. If okay. you look uh, going down into the states, about thirty percent of the markets down in the states right now are the the vape pens from either the disposable to the five ten cartridges. I think they're gonna those disposables. I heard are just dynamite uh, from people that have been to Vegas. I- incredible for sure. There's uh, there's a lot of products out there. Um, now that they're regulated as well, um, obviously you saw the the vape crisis epidemic over the last yeah. couple months. So. And, and I th- I just want to quickly point out um, that is all black market. That Whoa. that vape crisis is black market Whoa. in Canada. Yep. You stick to a retail store, you are not going to find that garbage. Yep. And um, there is also vaping flour. Uh, so uh, 100%. you know, constant yeah. you know, vaping flour. There's zero concerns, but th- it is a definite black market concern in the United States and Canada. Absolutely. If you don't want to get uh, adverse effects, don't go to the black market. A hundred percent. And that's where people not being knowledgeable. Right. I, again, the, the cannabis industry gets painted with that brush. Exactly. And it's just like dry flour. Yeah. That has, almost, abs- uh, that somebody, has absolutely yeah. nothing to do with what we're talking yeah. about in the States, but you still have people make that, make equ- that. Make that equation and, yeah. and, and tie that bridge together. And it's like that. That's All not cannabis even, is killing you. You know, that's the yep. message from the fear mongerer, right? A hundred percent. So what else do you like? Uh, the vape pens, uh, the chocolates, the drinks, the, the, the beverages will be very interesting to see as well. I'm going down into the States. Like I had touched on there, a hundred milligrams, <laughs> oh, um, wow. which, uh, it doesn't take up much of a market in the States. I think coming up to Canada here as well, again, in the two and a half milligrams, all the way up to 10 milligrams, mm-hmm. it's very approachable. Um, 2.0 is going to bring a lot more, cons- a lot of different consumers to the market as well, where there's some people that just don't want to smoke. If you never smoked cigarettes or you never had any experience with cannabis, you might think the idea of lighting up a joint is disgusting. You you just, it just might be in your process. So you don't want to, you know, there's a lot of people that take pride that they've never smoked anything and that's great. Mm -hmm. And this is a perfect way to you, for them to ease into this cannabis industry and test it out. Absolutely. If you have a two and a half milligram juice or or pop or whatever on that side, um, when you're out golfing what's is there any there different go. than having a, a couple beers when you're out on the course or i wonder if that milligram? will ever happen i wonder what the restrictions would be like on a golf course uh you know if a golf course is private can they say yeah you can smoke all the joints and drink we're going to sell cannabis drinks i i don't know what the regulations with the algc would be on that but mm-hmm. that's interesting um you know there's some places that say you can't smoke marijuana here but maybe they'll the aglc will allow them to sell drinks i don't know how that's going to work but down the road, maybe, uh, right? Absolutely. That would be a down the road. I know right now where everything's got to come out of a retail shop right. on that side, but you, you never know where the the beer cart pulls up and you're able to to get yourself a two and a half milligram of a cannabis cocktail out of there. Sign as well. me up so for that. 100%. Uh, yeah, the, the drink thing is interesting. Um, uh, the, um, the, the chocolates are going to be sold in smaller packages. Is that correct? Correct. Um, the, the largest uh, denomination you're going to find in them is 10 milligrams total. Okay. Um, so I think there'll be five in there or I, I believe so. Yeah. Every, every kind of LP will be a little bit different. Sure, so right. what, what will actually get to market? I'm not fully, fully entirely sure. I think you probably will see some full 10 milligram chocolates most definitely, but okay. um, you'll see a lot of two milligrams at five, sure. two, and a, two and a half milligrams at four, equal in 10. So um, there'll be a lot of kind of different doses. Maybe you'll see some five milligrams in twos. Um, they'll kind of however they're broken down, but yeah. uh, 10 milligram will be the biggest format. They'll be able to get uh, a chocolate or, or a gummy with THC in it. Okay. So what's your guess? 
Are we looking directly after New Year's, middle of January? What's your best estimate? My best estimate, and from everything I hear kind of uh, on the, the, the regulator side, I guess on the AJLC side, would probably be mid-January Okay, on that side. I think from province to province, you might see, I've seen some pictures of stuff shipping in Saskatchewan already. Okay. Um, so you might see some things land in, in another province a little quicker, True. but yeah. a majority of all, all the retailers in, in Alberta, I would say, Mid-January is probably a, a realistic expectation. And people Can't should come re- soon enough. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. People should remember you can just make your own edible and give that to uh, your friends and family as a Christmas present if you really wanted to. You could uh, make cookies, brownies, uh, truffles, whatever you want. Uh, that that is totally allowed. So um, you know, maybe this is a Christmas where you just do your own presents, uh, ab- make absolutely. your own present. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Be- before we wrap up, um, cannabis in Canada. We're just uh, past the one year mark or the one mile mark in this uh, marathon uh, because, listen, cannabis isn't going away. Um, You know, there was that uh, preposterous rumor during the election that uh, one of the parties was going to, you'd have a damn riot on your hands. Um, It's growing. Um, I don't think anybody, there there have been some people get rich quickly, but majority of the people, if you're going to be successful in cannabis, and, and I'm not saying money is everything, but um, we all have to make a living. It's okay. the long game. How That's do you it. think we've done in the uh, that first year? We talked a little bit about the approach. You know what? What do you think the uh, the eyes of the world are seeing? Because I don't think there's been a lot of bad publicity when it came to can, even this vape crisis with uh, the United States. It mm-hmm. started down there and then filtered up here to the black market. But there haven't had been a lot of bad headlines coming out of Canada. You know, the streets aren't on fire. Uh, absolutely not. We're, we're uh, I don't want to say we're the test tube, but there are definitely a lot of people that are, are looking uh, from the outside and watching what they do, watching what we're doing, learning from maybe some of our mistakes like we talked about in, in mm-hmm. the launch as far as uh, getting product Logistics to market. Logistics uh, and uh, stuff, absolutely, yeah. getting the product to market and they'll, they'll be be learning from a lot of kind of our hiccups on that side and, yep. it, and it should position us to be industry leaders in, in the world on that side moving forward and, and you're going to have a lot of people knocking at doors to, to get some more, gather some more insight on the retail side to the, you see a lot of the LPs, the majority of them are shipping out of country right now to mm-hmm. Europe to, to all over on that side. So um, they're, they're learning, they're watching, they're going to be emulating, they're going to take the things that we've done well and take those and put those in their pocket and they're going to take the things that we've uh, uh, maybe not done as well and some opportunities to kind of refine and um, when the, the next major nation falls, um, they're they're going to learn what we've learned on our side and uh, it'll be, I don't want to say a smoother transition for them, but um, they'll, they'll uh, as to expect, uh, you want to get better and better with <laughs> yeah. on the retail side every year when we roll out 2.0, this should be a lot, lot smoother on our side and, and the next country, um, that, uh, that decides to legalize on that side, whether that's the big one to the South of us or, or something, uh, across the pond in, uh, in Europe, we'll, we'll, um, have a lot to, a lot to look back on, on our side. And, um, for us being the first ones out there again, there's, there's no history. Mm-hmm. We can't, we can't look back and be like, ah, this is why. We weren't, right. weren't successful on this side, and this is what we should have known. There, there's no, there's no look back. There's yeah. no, no history to, to learn from on that. Now we are the ones. We are the, the guinea pigs where uh, a country can look back and use us kind of as a, a template. Yeah, well, our handbook. They can read our handbook 100%. of how to legalize your country. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you think, um, you know, like I had Anne McClellan on this show, who was obviously the chair of the task force to lead yep. uh, to, to recommendations for legalization. And I, and I said to her, I said, you're treating cannabis like tobacco. Mm-hmm. I said, you got alcohol over here advertising uh, Bud Lights 50 times on the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, and you got cannabis behind the curtain with tobacco. Um, 
And she said, I wish they were all behind the curtain. She said, but you know, it's kind of hard to, to put the genie back in the bottle oh. when it comes to alcohol. They did it with cigarettes. I don't yep. know if they'll do it with alcohol. So her philosophy is they should all be, and, and I'm fine with that. Mm -hmm. uh, if they're all blacked out, that's fine. Everybody's on a level playing field, but I feel that cannabis is given the tobacco treatment instead of the alcohol treatment where you can go buy strawberry Baileys or whatever. And it looks yeah. like a strawberry milkshake, but mm -hmm. you can't have, as we talked about a, a gummy bear. So. Yep. Do you envision a time where regulations will ease up and we will be able to advertise cannabis a little bit, or do you think it stays the way they are and alcohol gets pulled into that? Uh, you know, it, it, do you think cannabis stays where it is? I don't know. Uh, I think we're, uh, my heart says I would love to see sure. it, at least see it come out from behind yeah, that. Like yeah, responsibly absolutely. advertised. A hundred percent. And on the retailer side and everything on that, we'd, we'd want to be able to advertise a little bit more and, and yeah. to get it, get it out to the um, commonplace for people coming in there. Because again, is there, is there a difference from going and buying a joint, going and buying a bottle of wine or anything? No. Yeah, I don't uh, find a difference at all. Depends who you talk to, sure, but, yeah, but, yeah. but again, on that side, and um, it, it stunts a lot of the growth that we want to do as an industry um, by being closeted, I guess, on that side. It and unfortunately reinforces the stigma for some it, things. It, yeah. it, it does on that side, and that's exactly what it's doing there. And I would love to see it come through. Will we see that? I hope so. I really hope so on that side, but I, I don't know. Lastly, uh, we talked about the stigma. Um, my idea uh, to, to help get rid of the stigma is to normalize it. Uh, mm -hmm. And as we've talked about, talk about it as much as you can yeah. without whispering that I have a joint, I have a joint over here. Yeah. You know, let's, hey, does anybody want to go and have uh, smoke some cannabis? Just mm -hmm. like you would say, let's meet for a beer. Yeah. Um, if, you know, I try to make it as normal in my life as possible, mm -hmm. um, responsibly and being, yeah. being responsible about it, but I don't hide it. Yeah. Uh, I ask before mm -hmm. I, you know, if I'm at somebody's house, but yeah. I think just talking about it, making it a part of your normal life. So people shouldn't feel ashamed to walk into a store. I absolutely agree. And one of the best things is it's part of the common, it's part of conversation. Now. Right. Even if you're not a consumer, it's part of conversation. I went yeah. to a family reunion in the summer and hadn't been for a dozen years out there. And people are like, what are you doing right now? And like, yeah, in the cannabis industry and you have the people that kind of like pretend you didn't say anything and onto the next things and you have the people right. you have the people that are just like uh, my wife's actually been consuming cannabis yeah. for a couple of years now on that side and that would never be a conversation mm -hmm. that happens before on that side and even it's still closeted in that it was in small town Manitoba so the stigma is still very very much there on that side but um, it's a dinner dinner side conversation it's at, at dinner tables now um, those conversations are happening and that's to break down that stigma, to normalize it, right. that, that's what needs to happen. And again, like you said, those um, not being quiet, I guess, on that side and having those conversations are what's going to um, keep us trending in the right direction. Well, and I know you guys are recreational and when you walk into a store, and, that, and that's the one thing we should point out to people is, uh, you, you cannot go into the store and say, give me a strain for my migraine. It is recreation. Yeah. It is not medical, but I can talk about it. And I will just tell you the amazing benefits mm -hmm. of cannabis in my life. Uh, it helps me with my mental health, uh, with some other things. Um, I, you know, I'm not saying it's a cure-all and I think that's false if somebody's telling you mm -hmm. it's a cure-all, but it does help with a lot of different things. 
Um, you know, you don't have to, you, you can't go into a store and ask about medical. You can go visit your doctor. Uh, but I'm telling you, if you do some research, you will find the benefits of, of cannabis. And then you can go in and uh, make your purchase as an informed uh, cannabis consumer. Because right. I'd imagine, uh, you know, I've talked to different people. Um, there's the really uh, experienced cannabis. They know exactly what they mm-hmm. want. And sometimes it's fun to have those conversations with those people. But yeah. it's the new customer that you you probably just really love getting in touch with. And those are the ones that put a smile on your yeah. face when somebody's never walked in before or just brand new. I don't know anything, but it's green and I smoke it and it's going <laughs> to make me feel a certain way on that side. And those are the type of uh, conversations that, again, um, make you feel good about the, the industry. Um, I was up in Grand Prairie and we were chatting with a couple and there was uh, four seniors that came in and their seniors home had just um, set aside a spot that they could consume. Nice. So in their actual seniors home had a spot that they could consume. So a couple of the old la- older ladies were looking for CBD. A couple of the gentlemen were looking for a joint to consume on that side that hadn't consumed in years. Beautiful. Um, so amazing to see them come in and kind of being excited about it, leaving with a kind of giggling as far as being on the 70 to 80 year olds and being like, I never thought that this would be something that I would be doing right now on that side to see them leave with a smile on their face is, uh, is incredible. And, oh, I, and I think great. that's one of the um, most amazing things when you, you see somebody coming in, that's not a consumer that you wouldn't pinpoint as a consumer coming in and, and wanting to, to see what's behind the curtain for sure. You know, it's uh it's amazing. Uh, the one time I was in, uh, uh, one of your plant life stores, there was an elderly couple in there and, uh, I just loved it. I just, mm-hmm. I just sat and listened to them discuss and ask their questions and, um, uh, they, they were pretty informed and, and then they were learning. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know what, uh, that's my favorite demographic. Yeah. That's yeah. my favorite demographic, uh, an older person who is wants to learn more then they, yeah. maybe they don't want to get sky high, but maybe they just want to learn a little bit more about this plant. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's one of the, um, the best things where, where people are coming in the doors. I, I would love everybody to make a purchase, but if you're coming in and you just want to learn, want knowledge on that, it, it's the most amazing thing when somebody walks out the door and I'm even just like, if one brick has kind of fell off right. the wall of what your impression of cannabis is right now, um, that's a win on my side where you'll go and you'll go home, you'll do some research on your computer, have that conversation. And I always go, I'm just like, if you're not purchasing right now, you will be back to see us. Mm-hmm. If that's tomorrow, if that's five years, 10 years Who down knows? the line, I can't tell you, but the reality is, is you will be back here to see us. Oh, and, that, and that's one of the, it's the exciting time. It, Ian Scott, Plant Life Cannabis Operations Manager. Thanks so much, Ian, for uh, dropping by uh, your old stomping grounds of uh, St. Albert. Best of luck with uh, Plant Life and hope we can touch base again. Absolutely. I appreciate it, Dean. Thank you for having me. That's a great conversation with Ian Scott. And uh, it's just amazing the differences between Canada and uh, certain states that have legalized in the U.S. I mean, CBD in the mall? Okay. Smoking cafes, smoking areas. Yeah, okay, because you can't consume outside. That's different too. Uh, So there you go. Check out Plant Life Cannabis. Uh, We've got two locations, or one location in St. Albert, another one uh, opening up. And as Ian said, uh, they are very, very busy right now. And uh, good luck to them. Now, to win a Plant Life Cannabis prize pack, here's how you do it. You have to be following us at the Cannabis 101 on Twitter. Uh, Plant Life doesn't have a Twitter account, so follow us at the Cannabis 101. Then tweet at me, send us a tweet, 
And all you have to do is tell me a plant life location. That's it. You can find it in person. You can Google it, but just tweet at me with the hashtag plant life. Find a plant life location, tweet at the cannabis 101 with that location. Use the hashtag plant life. Bonus points if you take a picture of it live. Like if, if, if you are there, maybe you're in it. I don't know. But that's all you have to do. Tweet at the Cannabis 101, which you have to be following, a location of a plant life cannabis store, and use the hashtag plant life. Easy as that, and you could win a plant life prize package courtesy of Ian Scott and Plant Life, as well as the Cannabis 101 podcast. What's happening? We'll tell you right now on This Week in Cannabis News. Great to welcome back David Wiley uh, from OkanaganZ.com slash OZ. Uh, David, uh, great to chat with you again. Uh, great for you to be able to chat again. Oh, it's fantastic to be back. I got that nasty cold that seems to be going around. My voice hasn't cracked like that since puberty. <laughs> that's uh it's not a fun time when you cannot uh speak uh, especially uh when uh, communications is uh, a big part of the gig um all right so glad to have you back and uh, we've got some interesting stories uh to chat about and one of them is the edible situation and i guess depending on where you live um it could be a very merry christmas for some people <laughs> it could be you know, it's, a, it's an exciting time. Today uh, really is the day where companies can start to distribute uh, Cannabis 2.0 or Season 2, uh, however you call it. You know, that includes edibles and, and cannabis-infused drinks and uh, topicals. So we're, we're into a whole new area when it comes to uh, the types of products that we're going to be seeing on those legal shelves. Uh, large provinces like Ontario, Quebec, and Alberta, they won't begin sales until at least January is, uh, is the word on the street. But in other places like Manitoba, for example, uh, they could be purchasing some of these products as early as today or tomorrow. Uh, CTV News caught up with, uh, with some of the retailers there, including the, the CEO at Delta 9 Cannabis, and he said that they'd received shipping confirmations already from two suppliers, um, national suppliers. I'm guessing it doesn't specify, but I'm guessing that that would be Canopy Growth uh, and Aurora that are really coming out of the gate strong on these products. Uh, and they said that they're they're eagerly tracking them and really excited to see them. Uh, other retailers like Garden Variety and Tokyo Smoke are seeing that they're expecting to have these products on, on stores quickly, even within a week. Um British Columbia here, where I am, you know, I, I keep checking the, the BC Cannabis store online to see if there's something available, but it looks like tomorrow uh, we may start to see some products that are available there, and retailers in the Infant Morgan are telling me that they may even have products uh, around uh, as early as Christmas Eve. So it's, uh, it's really interesting. This is, this is what you get when you have a framework that differs from province to province. Um, is that, you know, some, some Canadians are rushing out to buy stock stuffers or try out these new products, and other Canadians are sitting around twiddling their thumbs and, you know, just waiting for the new year. 
to see some of the stuff that's that's going to hit. And it's really cool. Uh, Canopy has released uh, a bunch of information on some of their their products. They've got you know craft chocolates uh, that are going to be infused, and they have all of a whole variety of beverages being you know having such a uh, constellation brands having such a big stake in that company. Beverages are going to be big with Canopy, uh, and those products look really neat. So I'm I'm excited to try them. I can't wait to see what's on the shelf, and I, I can't wait to uh, to experience the different kinds of effects and how they hit. Yeah, I think the uh, the the people and and I've said this in the past. The people that just abhor lighting something up and and inhaling it are really going to get into this. And and I think uh, a lot of it in in some of those provinces that you talked about is going to be happening uh, at Christmas. Uh, hey, Mom. Hey, Dad. Hey, Grandpa. Hey, Grandpa. Hey, Uncle. Give this a try for this ailment that you have. Or just give this a try. I mean, you know, yeah, instead of having your three glasses of wine or whatever, and, and there's nothing, and I'm not saying anything wrong with that, give this a try. And I think this is a way that uh, people are going to be able to maybe uh, talk to their uh, family about cannabis in this way, saying, hey, it's not just a lighting up a joint anymore. You can have this drink or have this or a topical. I, I just really think it's going to open up a whole lot of things, and, and that could start Christmas morning. That's cool. It could. It's, it's, it's a neat way to bring in different kinds of partnerships, too. Uh, you know, just to have a, a small chocolate company partnering up with a big cannabis company or uh, a cider company, for example, anything like that. It's just a neat way to form um, partnerships and to really raise the profile of some of the small mom pop shops that we're starting to see. So, yeah, cool all around. All right, uh, we are speaking with uh, David Wiley uh, in This Week in Cannabis News, of course, from okanaganz.com slash OZ. You can follow on Twitter at okanaganz and at Wiley Writer. And um, one of the uh, um, interesting situations I've always uh, thought of since legalization is what goes on with native land. And we found out recently um, that... uh, Maybe law enforcement is starting to crack down. And, and, and listen, I don't understand everything about uh, native land and ban land and what can happen and what can happen. I think there's probably a lot of people that don't understand. Um, but uh, a, a member of uh, one of the bands was busted recently. We're seeing quite uh, quite the crackdown that's happening in uh, British Columbia here. And uh, a spokesperson with the Provincial Ministry of Public Safety and Solicitor General said that uh, they've actually visited about 220 illegal uh, cannabis stores around the province, letting them know the consequences of operating without a license, warning them of potential raids. And really, to underscore that point, there was a raid in North Vancouver, uh, one of the First Nations. Uh, the store is located on one of the First Nations to stand land there. The shop is called Rings of Glyco, and uh, it's a band. I, I'm going to try and take a crack at pronouncing it. They, uh, the Real Watu Nation, um, they told him that, you know, he had about six months to operate on their land while he tried to get those, uh, those um, basically to follow the protocol. He gets licensed uh, and go through the all those different hoops to get that store um, legal. Um, but the, the province wasn't having it. They weren't ready to wait. And they, they raided with 10 officers, took $23,000 worth of cannabis and edibles, $10,000 in cash, 
the owner there says that now he's completely financially broke. Um, you know, and he said, whether you agree with what's happening on First Nations land or not, wherever you fall, he said that there's a lot of confusion about banned land. And that's something that we can all agree on. You know, it's, it's, it's tricky because the legislation in the Cannabis Act is pretty clear that you need to have your, your license, your provincial license, you need to go through these checks that the products that you're selling need to be approved by Health Canada. Um, but it, it, where does where where is the line? You know what happens when when it's on First Nations land when they have their you know, their own governance, and that's something that I think that we're still trying to to ferret out. How does that gray area look? So it'll be interesting to see what happens after these kinds of crackdowns. Whether we're going to be seeing any kind of legal challenges that are happening. Um, Recently in Kelowna, where where I am, there was a First Nations conference on uh, cannabis and hemp, and uh, Nations Cannabis, which is expected to be the province's first uh, Health Canada-approved cannabis company operated um, by Indigenous peoples, is really encouraging people, uh, encouraging fellow First Nations bands to follow the protocol. And there's an acknowledgement that the regulations are difficult to follow, that it's expensive. Uh, absolutely. So they they have said uh, if, if the cash isn't around or the resources aren't around, especially with small bands, to seek out partnerships with people who, uh, who know how to get these licenses, who have funding available. And I think that that's, that's great to encourage the people operate um, you know, under the same rules and with the same costs. Uh, we, we want to see these kinds of products, the, the legal products, lab-tested products, products that we know are safe out there. You know, it, it's it's so um, interesting and confusing at the same time. I mean, if I open a, a bar in the city of Edmonton and I let people smoke cigarettes in it, I'm getting in trouble. Uh, like a, a, mm. That's a health violation. But if I go to the River Creek Resort and Casino, which I do uh, quite often, I enjoy shows there and different things. They have a great hockey rink. Uh, you can smoke right in that uh, casino. So it's like, well, why wouldn't somebody assume that the rules are a little bit different? And, and I've always wondered, will we see cannabis cafes, pot cafes on banned land before we ever see it anywhere else? And what would be, I wonder, the, the rule on that? You can allow smoking. Why wouldn't you be allowed to allow marijuana smoking? And as a cannabis consumer, there's always a risk, too, of going to, to places like this and partaking, um, you know, when the, when the rules are a gray area. Uh, we've heard stories in, in multiple provinces of uh, police officers that are just waiting outside of these shops to pull people over and, and check them for whether or not they have, uh, you know, legal cannabis or, or illegal cannabis. So you're, you're, you're rolling the dice really. Yeah. And you know, there was a, a report, uh, this is a little bit off track, but there was a report in Manitoba the other day about how, um, you know, people might be fined, uh, for having cannabis without the, uh, correct receptacle. And, and I'm paraphrasing, mm. but, uh, you just can't do that. Like how, you know, what if I buy legal cannabis, go home, roll a joint, take it to a friend's house? Well, how do you, 
how do you anyway we're getting on a a different tangent but uh, let's let's talk about <laughs> something uh, really cool and that's christmas and and can a christmas if you will uh, we've got a lot of great stuff going on on this shows with giveaways we have our 12 strains of christmas that we're doing and we're gonna have a prize on christmas day for that um and and different things and a great uh piece that you have up at uh, the oz about uh, some cool accessories and and i told my wife this year i said you know what if you're ever thinking of just get me anything cannabis related i'll be happy because there's so <laughs> many cool things out there I, I like your Christmas spirit. There's no bah humbug over here. That's for sure. You bet. And, you know, I share that enthusiasm. Uh, I had a great piece written by a good friend and writer, Lauren Edwards, and she put together different types of uh, out there accessories that, that that you might get people. Uh, I've been asked a bunch of times, you know, well, what should I get the the person in my life that loves cannabis and to try and try and I guess nail down a strain to get for somebody is real difficult because some people like the high CBD stuff. Some people like, you know, their sativas or different terpenes or indicas. Like it's, it's a little bit of a personal decision. So you you never go wrong when you look at an accessory uh, or something that's cannabis related. So some of the suggestions were cannabis artwork. It doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, a big Bob Marley uh, poster. Right. It could be something with a more minimalist look. And, Places like Urban Outfitters are jumping on this kind of trend where you're starting to see more subtle cannabis kind of artwork and more subtle uh, pieces that are really interesting. And, you know, oak cooler, I guess you could say. Uh, you can look at bongs. Uh, though, again, you know, I caution people if you're buying a bong for someone because to, uh, to, to uh, retailers who say that that's such a personal decision again. So you're kind of getting into a place where it's do they want glass or do they want silicone? Who's going to wash it? Um, it? Since we're going on tangents here, I just want to point out something interesting. Apparently, there's a there's a there's kind of a car wash for your bong that's yeah. sprung up. So for for any uh, you know, budding entrepreneurs out there, think along those lines. That's pretty cool. Bring your bring your bong to the bong wash station, yeah. right? I read that the uh, other day, and I thought, wow. Um, first, I thought how lazy are you that you would have to take your bong to do that? <laughs> and then I thought back to the day and a time in my life where a friend of mine compared my bong to a pot of coffee. That's how disgusting it was. And then I realized that I would have been their customer back then. Sometimes you just want someone else to wash yeah. your bong. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> uh, I, I love the, uh, I love the, the um, ideas of that. And, and you're right. Bongs are, very personal. Uh, now I have seen a lot of places popping up with gift cards and that's perfect. I mean, mm, a gift card, good, yeah. uh, is, is great because they can go and, and grab anything. I mean, in, in this article, uh, that you have at the OZ that Lauren wrote, I love the idea of the, uh, the juicy J hemp wraps. And I really like <laughs> the psychedelic candle, uh, the psychedelia candle. That's actually something that, uh, I'm thinking might maybe picking up for my wife, as long as she doesn't listen to the this podcast uh, before that, but some, so, so many great ideas. I love that one. The candle emits that uh, rainbow light. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's a, the, to the one that I really love was the Tokyo smoke burn kit. Um, you know, that's, I, I use little tools, a uh, metal poker, um, you know, rolling trays, just all, all these things together in one place. 
uh, those little accessories that help you roll a, a really good joint. That's a fun stocking stuffer. Um, you know, a doobie stone, something that'll keep your uh, that'll keep your herb nice and moist, right? And properly uh, at the, the humidity levels. Boveda pack too. Uh, if someone someone gave me a pack of ten boveda, I would be a happy guy. Yeah. Very much so. Keep your uh, cannabis fresh, and uh, storage is uh, such a big, important of a uh, big, important piece of uh, enjoying your cannabis uh, to the fullest. And 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 I love the uh, the pipes from uh, Buddha Barn. I mean, uh, this is uh, these silicon pipes that you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, if if you want to kind of stand out in the crowd, these are the things that'll do it for you. Yeah, the baby shirt pipe. Yeah. Gotta love those. Yeah. One of the things that I went out and I bought myself, uh, you know, the, again, a great gift idea, stocking stuffer, um, is a, a bit of a higher end grinder. I used a plastic one for a while and then I, I ended up buying one that would catch the keef yes. that would fall off as you dropped it. Huge. And man, I, I'd never go back. The it's, it's a max grinder is the one that I have, but there are all kinds of other ones too. Um, someone pointed out, uh, when I was reading Reddit the other day, it pointed out that there was a, uh, a quote unquote herb grinder for your kitchen and it was it was a weed grinder but it was on sale at canadian tire so sometimes you can just find these uh these funny things while you're shopping yeah that it's awesome and and i think that's so, that's going to be so much fun uh for the new cannabis user is uh you know mm-hmm. on christmas day getting their first pipe or something like that it's it's great. All right. Um, I hate to be a uh, ball humbug of this segment, but there is an article <laughs> on uh, vice.com and, um, the, and this is just such a bad look for Canada. The headline is the Canadian government acts like alcohol is safer than weed. That's absurd. And basically the article is just talking about the, uh, the hypocrisy of, uh, the Canadian government, um, in that they've legalized it, but they're doing the bare minimum when it comes to, uh, you know, ending the stigma. And this is the quote from uh, the new health minister, quote, the best way for Canadians to protect their health is to not consume cannabis and adults who choose to use cannabis should avoid products from illegal or unknown sources. Yeah. Okay. I agree with the, the last statement, but when are you ever putting out a statement like that about, uh, alcohol? I just don't see it. And, um, I, I don't know. It's just, it, it's they're, they're, the Canadian government, uh, in my opinion, is doing the exact bare minimum right now um, mm. to 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 make this normal. It's like they they've legalized it begrudgingly. You know, I don't normally use the word ignorant, but I think in this case that that statement by our health minister of all people is ignorant. Yes, it it, it sends the impression that people don't use cannabis as medicine. Right. I, I mean, people are, are, are using cannabis in order to treat pain and to, to provoke appetite. Um, so many cancer patients are using cannabis to help their health. So to come up with a statement like this as a health minister, it just shows ignorance toward cannabis uh, overall. And it's unfortunately, it seems to be pervasive through the government, the liberal government that legalized cannabis for crying out loud. You know, in, in Justin, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's uh, recent set of mandate letters that were sent out to all ministers, uh, cannabis is mentioned in the uh, 
in the mandate letter to the Minister of Health and also in the mandate letter to the Minister of Public Safety and Emergency Preparedness. And it says that their job is to continue to implement the strict regulation of cannabis across Canada. And the key priorities are public safety, responsible usage, and keeping cannabis away from children. Okay, that's great. But what are, I get that it needs to be regulated. Why is this strict regulation of it so important? But why is there no mention of cannabis in mandate letters to other ministers? Why aren't we talking about economic development, for example? I, I don't get it. This is a huge industry that's employing a lot of people. And the world, the world is looking to Canada to lead by example. We're, we're, we're the very, very few countries in the world that have legalized cannabis to any extent. And you know, we're, we are leaders in the world to have federal legalization for recreational use. And this is something that we should be putting on top of a hilltop and just lighting up so that people can see us as an example of how to do this. So why we're so down on it, I just don't get. I'm with you. I just had a conversation with Ian Scott of uh, Plant Life Cannabis, uh, who was down in Vegas for the MJ Biz Conference. And, you know, the, just night and day, uh, you know, the, he said they sell CBD in kiosks in the malls there. <laughs> you know, you can get your <laughs> iPhone cover and some CBD, whereas, you know, here it's so much more... Uh, way overregulated in, in, in my opinion, and, and maybe it relaxes at some point. But you're right, uh, people, so many people use this as medicine. Our strain on our 12 strains of Christmas today is Charlotte's Web, which has a terrific backstory mm. of a young girl uh, who they named the strain after, and it helped her with her, uh, I think it was epilepsy. She was having seizures, uh, you know, massive seizures. And they named this strain Charlotte's Web after her because it helped her family. And, you know, like there is, there are massive, many, many, many stories out there and proof that this does can help in a medicinal way. And to treat it like it's still a back alley brown paper bag transaction is garbage. It's, it's really off base. And, you know, in my opinion, it's actually really off putting. Couldn't agree more, my man. And um, okay, that's going to wrap things up for this week in Cannabis News for 20, well, I guess we're going to have one more show uh, before uh, 2019, and that's when we will do our year in review when it comes to cannabis stories. But this will be our last one before Christmas. Uh, Have yourself a very Merry Christmas, David, and we will talk to you after the 25th. Oh, and Merry Christmas to you as well. There are all kinds of great gift ideas for you to buy me and send me if you haven't bought me something yet. All right. I will let uh, Santa's <laughs> elves know. Uh, thanks so much, David. Take care and have a great Christmas. Great to talk to you. You too, Dean. Okay. You can follow OkanaganZ.com on Twitter at OkanaganZ, and you can follow David at Wiley Writer. And make sure you're following us here on the Cannabis 101 podcast on Twitter at the cannabis 101 we are getting closer to our 420th follower we are 18 shy once we hit that mark of 420 everybody following us is eligible for a cannabis 101 podcast prize package we've been collecting some cool things reaching out to our friends in the cannabis world 
And uh, I think you're really going to like what it is. Uh, and if you're one of the 420 followers, you're eligible. If you're already following us, make sure you tell your friends and then they can get us closer to 420. So make sure you follow us on Twitter at the Cannabis 101. You got a joint? Uh, no, not on me, man. <laughs> It'd be a lot cooler if you did. Time now for Cannabis Characters. Dopest dope I've ever smoked. Celebrating the best from fictional 420 film. Hey, I am your stoner. <laughs> and beyond. Is it heavy stuff, man? <laughs> so today... We are paying tribute uh, to a cannabis character who fell in the Cannabis Character Cup. Pedro Dupacas, played by Cheech Marin in Up in Smoke, bows out in the semifinal to the dude who abides, who rolled his way into the semis. And uh, now, as mentioned before, it's Tommy Chong and the dude in the final. You can vote on that at the Cannabis 101. Uh, there's a, a poll question up there. So... Pedro is a lead singer in a band, and he picks up the man, played by Tommy Chong, on the side of the road thinking that he's a woman. Uh, but the man gets in the car, and uh, in Cheech's mind, he makes up for it. Hey, you want to get high, man? This how they do they got wooden balls, man? I got a joint here, man. I've been saving for a special occasion. Cheech has some of the best one-liners uh, in Up and Smoke, which is... The, the best cannabis movie out there, um, the first real big one. And, uh, you know, they're the, they're the original pot comedy guys. And so while Chong is sparking it up, uh, Cheech is showing off his uh, singing skills. Say guacamole in my juice. Guacamole in my juice. Is that a joint, man? <laughs> that guy there looks like a, uh, a quarter pounder, man. <laughs> Let's play. Maybe care with that chip, man. Uh, is it heavy stuff, man? <laughs> You know, like I smoked that Michoacan, man, Acapulco Gold, man. I even smoked that tight stick, you know? Tight stick? Yeah, you know, that stuff is tied to a stick, you know? Oh, yeah, tight stick. Yeah, that didn't even do nothing to me, man. I could probably smoke this whole joint, man, and still walk away, man. Wouldn't be no problem at all, man. I love the different strains uh, that Cheech has going there. Tied to a stick. Um, and, and I didn't even know... Uh, some of those strains were real. I just thought there were strains that Cheech and Chong made up. And it was so funny that uh, uh, they are, and uh, they end up, um, what they're smoking is Labrador because uh, Chong's dog ate his stash. So I love that Led Zeppelin line. A friend of mine, a uh, good friend of mine, uh, Buck, him and I uh, dressed up as uh, Cheech and Chong one year for Halloween. Uh, I was Cheech, he was Chong. Um, we, we rolled the toilet paper roll in paper and made the big Led Zeppelin joint. And we got, we actually did get pulled over by the cops. I was too scared, uh, to give the classic line that Cheech gives, uh, and I'll play that for you in a second. Um, but we were smoking cigarettes. We weren't smoking weed, 
we were smoking cigarettes in my K car and uh, the smoke was billowing out and uh, it was pretty cloud. It was funny. It was a great costume. Um, so anyway, Cheech pounds away on the joint, gets really high, uh, ends up parked. And then the cops show up, Cheech is high as a kite. And this is where, um, his classic line, one of the classic lines of this movie comes from. Uh, what's the problem, son? Roll down your window. What? Keep on knocking, but you can't come in. Hey, man, don't the cops, man. Where I got rolled down the window, man. There you go. Where's the anchor? I must get away. I don't know. I forgot. You forgot? I saw that on the movie. What? I don't know get the, get the Can thing. I see your license, sir? What? Your license. Where's your license? It's on the bumper, man, back there. That is one of the greatest. Where's your license? Back there on the bumper. Oh, man. We used to throw that line out. All We, we would, like, recite uh, Cheech and Chong DVDs or tapes, whatever we were listening to back in the day. Uh, so eventually, Cheech and Chong, uh, Pedro de Pacas and the man, get deported. Cheech's cousin was getting married in uh, Tijuana, uh, TJ. And so they called the Migra and they get a free trip and meals to the wedding. To get back into the country, they have to drive a truck back made entirely out of weed. They don't know about that though. And this border scene is one of my favorites in the movie. Oh man, are we at the border already? Looks that way, man. Hey, man, well, get rid of the stuff, man. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Better get rid of this shit. Yeah, yeah. Man, just put it down, man. Get rid of it, man. Oh, shit. The border, man. Hey, get rid of it. Not that way, man. Throw it out. Throw it out. Okay, just be cool. How long you guys been in Mexico? A week. I mean, they did that day. Which one is it, a week or a day? It's a weekday. You got any narcotics or marijuana in here? <coughs> uh, not anymore. A week or a day? A weekday. I, we, we must have recited that line uh, thousands of times. Awesome. So uh, eventually they drive the van made out of pot to the rock fight, a battle of the bands. It starts on fire. The fumes spill into club and uh, everybody uh, loves it. And they win the battle of the bands. It's the best uh, pot flick ever. One of the best cannabis characters ever. Pedro Topakis, played by Cheech Marin. Another great cannabis character. Uh, we'll be discussing these and more on the Cannabis 101 Podcast YouTube channel. Um, we will uh, have more stuff after Christmas. We're waiting on a few things to get set up, and uh, we will have... Some really, really cool stuff on the Cannabis 101 podcast YouTube channel. Uh, right now, you can check out a uh, review we did of the Hexagon from Burnt Designs. Okay, something a little different on What's That Strain with Chris Ionson. It's part of our 12 Strains of Christmas series. I'll explain everything after Charlotte's Web. What's That Strain? Let's find out with Chris Ionson, Nova Cannabis store manager and educator. Welcome. 
Welcome to another edition of the 12 Strains of Christmas. I'm Dean Millard, Chris Ionson, our educator and the uh, manager of the Nova Jasper Ave location is joining me once again. How are you today, Chris? I'm doing great, Dean. Uh, thanks for having me. Not a problem. Uh, we are uh, well on our way. This is the halfway point of the 12 Strains of Christmas. Previously, we've done Blue Dream, Skunk Number 1, Cookies and Cream, Bubba Kush, Rio Bravo, and what are we doing with number six today? Uh, for number six, uh, we're going to do Charlotte's Web. Mm. Uh, so it's a very famous uh, CBD strain, uh, and it was uh, you know founded in uh, 2011 by some Colorado growers, uh, and they're called the Stanley Brothers. Nice. And it's actually six brothers uh, that all grow together. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, for sure. Like the Sutters, like the six Sutters. Uh, these guys are uh, legendary growers. Yeah, yeah, uh, the Stanley Brothers, yeah. And um, so they created this strain uh, specifically for uh, a little girl uh, named Charlotte Figi. And uh, she was a young epilepsy patient uh, and a medical cannabis user. And by crossing an unspecified strain with industrial hemp, mm -hmm. uh, they were able to produce and create this this new strain called then they named it charlotte's web awesome and uh this poor girl was having uh, uh up to 60 seizures a day uh prior to using cannabis uh, as medication and then uh that went down to one a week uh so amazing so it, instead of having uh you know up, up to 420 uh, a week uh, down to one a week uh, and that's all just from this uh, one amazing cbd strain that these six brothers wow the the with. the feeling you know not just for that child of not having to go through that much but her family as well um it just it's yeah. uh, you know it's a, a quality of lifesaver for them yeah and and with with it uh, actually the family um uh, they had previously lived in a state that uh, where cannabis wasn't uh, mm -hmm. legalized and uh, medicinal use wasn't wasn't cool. So uh, they actually uprooted their family and they moved to Colorado uh, so that they could get their child uh, the Charlotte's Web uh, cannabis oil. You know, pretty much saved her life. Uh, Who wouldn't uproot your family to yeah. to save a family member and and no doing it in this uh, positive way? It's just um, you know, it's just sad to to hear stories of people that live in states in the united states that that do not legalize or, or just medical marijuana is not available because we all know just hearing that story what people are missing out on yep yep for sure and people just need to kind of really mm -hmm. open their mind up a bit and see that it's not just about oh, getting baked mm -hmm. man well that's the the yeah, motto of the cannabis 101 podcast is it's not just about getting high yeah it's about getting healthy with this plant and obviously charlotte's web um, has helped uh, that little girl, and I'm probably sure lots of other people as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so af after this this happened, uh, CNN ran a special on on the family, Charlotte's family, and the growers and stuff, and uh, it garnered enough attention that uh, all of a sudden more and more families were uprooting and moving to Colorado and setting things up and um, saving their yeah, children because they're aware that this is an option now and it actually works. So uh, pretty cool story there in Colorado. Oh, wow. So Charlotte's Web, um, the first uh, of two CB, CBD strains that we're going to be talking about uh, here in the 12 strains of Christmas. And um, you know what? I, I enjoy uh, CBD. Uh, I, I take it uh, twice daily uh, in the oil form. 
but I like picking one up. I I, met, I had uh, I'm not going to say what the strain is because it's coming up later. I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> but I had a CBD strain on a Sunday, and it was just so relaxing. So it's not just about getting high; it's about getting healthy, and and that's proof with Charlotte's Web. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a legendary strain. Yeah, and you're right. It's not just about you know getting high. There's a lot of positive uh, benefits to cannabis. Yeah. yeah, this one was a lifesaver for sure. So that's Charlotte's Web, a uh, CBD uh, dominant strain. Number six in the 12 strains of Christmas. And if that doesn't get you in the Christmas spirit, uh, well, this maybe will. It's the Christmas craft and baked sale. Uh, members, $10. And if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. You know where this is. Uh, there's going to be lots of great stuff. It's this Saturday, December 21st, 12 to 6 p.m. It's an 18 and plus event. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, Go on Grow Night YEG on Instagram, send them a message and ask them about the event happening this Saturday, December 21st. That's Grow Night YEG on Instagram if you're interested in the Christmas craft and baked sale. This Saturday, December 21st, 12 to 6 p.m., 18 plus, 10 bucks for members, cannabis paraphernalia, baked sale items, Toker's Lounge, great stuff before Christmas. We'll be there doing some interviews for an upcoming episode on the Cannabis 101 podcast. Speaking of Christmas, that's when all 12 strains in our 12 strains of Christmas will be put together. One special Christmas Day episode. All 12 strains in the 12 strains of Christmas and it wouldn't be Christmas Day without a present for our listeners. We will have something to give away with a 12 Strains of Christmas prize pack. So that's something to look forward to on Christmas Day. Which, can you believe it, is one week away. By this time, we'll be all tired from eating all day on Christmas Day. And hopefully, you indeed have a green Christmas. Don't forget about What's Your Strain, an opportunity for you to participate in this show. You can sit in on What's That Strain with Chris Ionson and myself. All you have to do is suggest a strain that we review. And a few good ones have come in, and we're stockpiling a list. Send, that your, send your strain to Cannabis101Podcast at gmail.com. Cannabis 101 podcast at gmail.com. If your strain is picked, you can sit in with us, ask some questions. Plus, I'm going to throw in a $100 shopping spree. You're going to go shopping for some cannabis. I'm going to pull my good buddy Chris in to help you out and be your personal shopper. So that's what's your strain. Send us an email, cannabis101podcast at gmail.com, and you could be joining the show. If you do enjoy the show, please let us know. Subscribe and leave us a review. It's really helpful in determining what's good and what we might be able to work on. And if you'd like to be a part of the show as a guest or an advertiser, send me a note at cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. Cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. Big thanks to Ian Scott of Plant Life Cannabis uh, for his time and some great stories. 
A lot of locations and more opening up every day. Also, Chris Ionson in What's That Strain of the 12 Strains of Christmas. And of course, David Wiley of OkanaganZ.com slash OZ in our This Week in Cannabis News. We'll talk to you again on Christmas Day. Have yourself a green Christmas. And remember, it's not just about getting high. It's about getting healthy. This is the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Mm-hmm.